Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Peter. And we are parents of two children, Alberto and Rosina. Each week we sit down together and chat about the reality of raising children. So, if you're a new parent, expecting or just want to see what it's all about, this is the place for you. This, this is, is The, the Parent Sesh. back everybody to the Parent Sesh podcast. Uh, we are back at a full quota this week. We've got both myself and my beautiful wife with you. Hello everybody. Welcome back. Baby. Thank you. Yeah. Hope Three you're feeling weeks. better. I mean, I know you are. I live with you every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm better. You're better. That's great. Uh, while you've been away from the podcast, I did an episode by myself last week. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to it. <laughs> I haven't. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> If you're not listening to it, oh my goodness. I've just been unwell. Yeah. So. Podcasts have not been, at least our podcast has not been on your mind. What's happened is Alberto got his first homework. Uh, first round of homework sent home with him. Yeah. And for those who were listening to the show a few weeks ago, we did speak about our not too fondness of homework. Mm-hmm. So look, whilst we're not fond, we don't want Alberto not to be the only one to not have homework when he comes into school so we, we helped him yeah and it's it's all been spelling and sight words and reading that's kind of the first round of homework that we've been getting mm-hmm. which isn't so bad because he reads every day anyway yeah. so it doesn't feel as much like homework it's just more specifically spelling and reading that mm-hmm. has been targeted and there's this pamphlet or sheets of paper called sight words which as they see the 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 words they're meant to know what what they say and you sat down with him to help him learn how to spell yeah he brought it over to me really which i couldn't discourage yeah (laughs) but yeah he brought them over and he said these are sight words and we do these at school um and wanted to do some the funniest thing happened uh, and I don't know if you've ever tried to help kids pronounce English words in particular because the English language is cooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the paper, uh, you're taught to tell them to sound it out. Mm-hmm. And there was a word on there. Uh, we'll get to it. But I was watching you and you were pointing at it and you were like, can. It just did not make sense. Well, I was saying to him, what sound does a C make? And that's how we got into the K. And then an A is an A. Uh, and then an N is an N. And then I pronounced <laughs> the word can. And it just was so wrong. It just felt really weird. Felt wrong to be explaining it to him like that. And then it felt wrong actually saying it afterwards. And the, that's the problem, though. It's not the only word that does that. Mm. Like you did the word is, mm-hmm. I-S. And it goes, is, and then you show him the word this, mm-hmm. and it, the is is at the end, and it's confusing. He's it's saying like, this, and you're like, mm-hmm. no, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> Someone decided that's back to the way it should sound. So yeah, homework has been fun. The The benefit though is Alberto's parent-teacher interviews went really well, mm-hmm. didn't it? Uh, we got rave reviews. We yeah, got, he's doing well. We're very proud parents that day. 
So he's just the only one that we've got in school at the moment. Racina will have her time. Uh, and we do have two children, as you know, and that's what we're going to talk about today. That transition of going from one child to two. So we have the two kids, Alberto and Racina. Yes. But for three and a half years, we had just one. Oh, I guess for three and a half years, for nine, ten months of that, you were pregnant mm-hmm. with the second. But before that, let's go, let's go the, a nice round two and a half years. We had just one child. That's right. And life was good. We gave him everything. The thing with having just the one is that we were able to... I guess, continue our lives a little bit more on par with what they were like before we had Alberto. Because one kid, it's a little bit easier to sort of bring stuff with you and fit them into the life that you live. Like, yes, we cut down on certain things, like going to the movies, lavish holidays, but we were able to incorporate him into what we were already doing. And a large part of that is we were so good at controlling his schedule with his naps and we were just it was just once we got in the routine it was just very easy well easy is probably the wrong word I would say we got into the habit and then we thrived in it yeah I think as much as we set a routine because they always say that's really good for babies and children is to have this routine and we were really conscious of sleep patterns and all feeding patterns and all those things but we do it out like yeah. I remember taking Alberto on walks and if it coincided with his nap time, I'd just lay him down in the pram, put the blanket over. It wouldn't stop me from going. Correct. Uh, I think as well that even when we would come home, like if we went to Burley, for example, we'd be home for his nap time in the afternoon. But that didn't really bother us because we were tired anyway. Yeah. Like we liked to have the afternoon just chilling out in front of the TV while he mm. had his nap. Often he would fall asleep in the car on the way home. Mm. He was really a great transferer. He was. It was so, pick him out of the car, put him straight in the cot, and it was He done. would continue sleeping yeah. like he'd been there the whole time. Yeah, dream. Mm-hmm. Really great. But that whole having the one child, you know, we didn't really... Once he sort of got out of the sort of nap phase during the day anyway, we kind of just really had so much freedom with him. We would go to playgrounds and spend a bit more time there. We would go out to the shops and not be sort of on this time pressure to sort of be home uh, too much, I I reckon, I guess. And I I think as well because we waited so long between having him and getting pregnant with Rosina and making that decision of if we were going to have more, it was like... Some part of it was, do we really want to go back to that phase? Yeah. You know, Alberta was sort of out of nappies during the day uh, by the time we decided that we were going to get pregnant again. So it would have been really like going back. Yeah. (laughs) Going back to having a baby baby, you know. He was able to eat on his own and play on his own. There was just so much that he was able to do that it was – we're almost at a place of, well, we're too, got, it's too late. We've got, through it. We've got through it now, mm-hmm. right? We got through the, the, the worst of it 
as they kind of say in the most consuming part. Correct, and we got to him to be independent, which allowed us sort of that independence for ourselves back, uh, and we liked it that way. Mm. We really did, and I mean, it was just something that it weren't. You're not ready to give that up. You yeah. want to thrive and enjoy that, and I think that kind of played its part in us at the time, wanting only to keep the one child. Another huge factor for me was that you travel for work. Correct, yeah. And I just, being up in that big house by myself with not having people coming in and out helping or or just being present, it would just be me as an adult, one person by myself with, (laughs) (laughs) you know, more than one child. Yeah. And a pet at that time at that time that's right we had so Amber. it was it was hard for me to fathom being able to do that by myself and willingly like wanting to be a solo parent a lot of the time and yeah that decision to have another child shouldn't just be taken lightly mm. uh, and i think that's for us it was a difficult decision to sort of make because of how consuming we made like we made it when we parented we like in the same breath that I was saying that we didn't adjust too much of the things we like to do, we slotted the child into our lifestyle. It didn't mean that when you were out in those places that it didn't make the experience different. Well, that's right. We chose, we still choose to be device free. Correct. So going to the restaurant doesn't mean that we just still get to have a, a chat and a drink and, a, and our food you know, to ourselves, it means that we're really, really engaged with a child at whatever age he was at and doing things in that phase, Mm. you know, whether it's throwing a toy or like, you know how they, babies play that game where they drop the toy and then you pick it up and then they drop it and that's the game. Yep. So, you know, you go out and be in public with all these phases and you have to still have a good time everyone has to walk away feeling like they had a good time yep (laughs) it's hard yep Uh, but it's achievable it's achievable it's achievable it's hard it's hard it's and that's where i think where yes we did the experiences that we were doing but we also had to adapt how we did them like we went to dinner earlier Mm -hmm. like you like we said in the previous episode you go to dinner earlier to make sure they're uh, eating when they normally would eat at home uh or you've got to make sure that you're prepared if you go to the shops, you're prepared to just cut it short and take them home if they start to be tired or emotional. And I think we did that a lot, didn't we, with Alberto? Mm. So, yeah, look, having one, if I could define it, having one is like, I would say it's like having a puppy that grows up quicker than what a dog does. Does that make sense? No, (laughs) (laughs) only because I see having a pet, having a dog in particular as so much more work That's fair because they never can take care of themselves. Whereas children, you know, I just remember a lot of moments throughout the day, Alberto would just be playing on his own with cars, with trucks, reading a book, whatever it is. And you do get to sit down and have that breath and be like, okay. You know, no one's touching me. I can chill. I can have a coffee. I can do whatever for the next 10, 20 minutes. I think this is where you're probably more educated to talk through this, having just the one versus me, because of the fact I was away a lot. 
Mm. I did. Well, I worked in the office. Uh, I was traveling a little bit. Mm-hmm. A so lot. A little bit. So you were there with him having that one on your own. Yeah. Almost. Effectively. You kind of saw what that was like more than what I did. I would come home and there'd be the one child there. And then we needed to get him to bed. And then that was back for us time. But during the whole day, you had one child to entertain. Mm-hmm. But you, as you said, if you got them to a place where they were independent playing by themselves, that was kind of like, well, at least I've got that space now. Yeah. I mean, I did it from the start. I made yeah. sure that obviously the younger they are, the more watchful you are. But I, d- I never wanted to be a helicopter parent. I wanted our children to be able to be a little bit more self-sufficient. So I tried from the very start to give them time where it's just them doing an activity and like learning. Yeah. At whatever phase or age they were in, it would be something like that. And then that was able, Alberto was then able to take that on himself and have the confidence to just play with these toys and not need anything else. And it was very evident. I could see that, that 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 worked Mm. very well uh, as we went through that. So I guess having the one uh, to sum up is basically just like. As long, I wouldn't you, say easy, but it kind of feels easy. If you get them to a certain point where they can be independent, mm. then it's, you can't, you know, just kick back, but you yeah. definitely have more freedom as parents because you've, you've only got the one to worry about. That's it. Yeah. And once you get through those phases in the early stages and you start sleeping more. Mm. And if you're breastfeeding like I did, you feel like you get your body back and they're out of nappies mm. all of a sudden. And yeah, once you get through those milestones, you're like, cool. This, this could be good. Yeah, we this could, isn't we too could just, hard. We could just keep going like this. Yeah. Uh, and for the longest time, that's what we thought we were going to do. But then we kind of had a moment of clarity and things changed. And we'll talk about that on the other side of this. So, let's set the scene. We have the one child. We're happy. Mm-hmm. We're, Alberto's just getting out of nappies. He's toilet trained. He's sleeping through the night. We are so comfortable in our existence. We then go, nah. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's shake things up. Let's shake things up <laughs> and have a second. Before we talk about that transition of going from one to two, I want to talk a little bit about why we made the decision to go to two. This might relate to some people who have two children or are thinking about a second. You might be on the fence. We'll just talk about our experience and you let us know what you think of it. So we had one. Uh, We really wanted two after a while. Why? COVID. COVID. That was a big game changer because you were home. I was. And it started to shift what parenting looked like and what our future might look like if you were home. A little bit more. More. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was probably big reason number one. But I think that also reframed our second reason, which is we wanted Alberto to have someone to grow up with. That's right. With all the scary things that happened in that time where everyone was so unsure of what was to come and 
everything like that, it just felt like, well, what, who does he have to lean on? Like, yes, okay, he's got us and, you know, he has, a, he has godparents and other family and things like that. But it just felt like when you've got a sibling to lean on in times that are hard, it feels like that's more connecting and like more, I don't know, more. It's more of a family unit that way. Like you have. Yeah, more like solidifying. That's a great word. Solidifying, right? Solidifying as a family to have that sort of. That brother and sister relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't know we were going to have a girl, so I've just skipped. Sibling. Uh, sibling, sibling relationship. Sibling relationship. <clears throat> so I think with 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 what we were noticing in Alberto, you know, away from the COVID stuff, we were noticing that he was ready to have someone else playing alongside him. He didn't want to – he didn't – from what I could see, he didn't seem to want to just be the solo uh, – what's the word you use for your reading the other day? protagonist he didn't want to be the solo child protagonist (laughs) in our family he wanted to be alongside someone so i guess we kind of think when how you're saying that let's elaborate on that just a little bit because he's not telling you he wants a sibling no he didn't know what a sibling was because he's an only child and our family close family is mostly like away from us so he doesn't know what that even meant. But what you're saying is that when he would be with family, yeah. with cousins, you know, with children his own age, you could see him, there's a shift in like his personality and his ability. And he was very nurturing and very wanted to include everyone and be super involved. Even when he was a bit too rough. Remember when he used to climb on people? Oh, gosh. <laughs> they were like, get away from me. <laughs> but, you know, he just had this way about him where it, it almost looked like he longed for something. Yeah. Would you say that? I would say that. I would say that too because at the time, you know, we weren't, he wasn't at daycare or kindy or anything like that before you fell pregnant with, with Racina. So he was, you know, every social opportunity, he was throwing himself into it was sharing a lot, mm. wanting to play. Like, remember we took him to playgrounds and he'd ask other kids to play with him all the time. And when other kids would say no or it just wasn't as frequent as opportunities, it was heartbreaking mm. to see him put all that effort in and then not get the reward out of it mm. with actually getting to play. So we, we, at that moment, kind of started to realise that he needs that second person in the house that's on his level, that he can kind of nurture himself and then but also have a little playmate to play alongside Mm -hmm. and have that little sweet bond with so we made the decision to go for two yeah and we were successful as you may or may (laughs) not have known we have the second child he's here uh but i want to talk a little bit about how we got him excited for the second because that could be a bit of a tricky one right like a, a only child learns they're about to have a baby come into the family Mm. And that can kind of go one of two ways. It can go, they start to feel a bit threatened that there's the limelight's going to be off them. Or if you frame it in the right way, they can be super excited. Mm. Fortunately for us, Alberto was the latter. Yeah. I don't, it's so hard for me to recall that time. Yes, I know. Um, So I don't even remember (laughs) 
how we got him excited about it, especially because he would have been seeing me in so much pain that he was probably thinking, oh, God, you <laughs> know, I don't know about this thing. But um, we didn't do anything. You know, you see these suggestions um, about giving the oldest child a present to give to, like the new baby, so mm. that they all feel... Or the baby gives the oldest child a present or something when the baby comes. Have you seen stuff like that? I haven't. And I just can't imagine how that would it's, work. It's like a big suggestion for people when they're transitioning from one to two to make sure that like the baby gives a present to the... I know. Um, <laughs> it's not something we did. No. And I don't think we would start off a relationship based no, on like... No. Based on a straight up lie. Yeah, like... <laughs> Oh my God, look but, at what this baby made for you inside mummy. <laughs> Crazy. The baby wrapped it in everything. <laughs> no, but it, it obviously works for a lot of people. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a recommendation. Yeah. But for us, we didn't go down that path. No. We didn't give Alberta expectations that babies bring gifts. Gifts or. Yeah. What we did do, and what I did, is we just constantly communicated with him about what having a second child was going to be like. And then when we found out having a girl, it was, you're going to have a baby sister. And we started telling him what sisters were and like started getting him ready to share with us a sibling and sort of putting him in that frame of mind that he's not going to be the only one very shortly. Mm. Uh, He also, before I got pregnant, he had already moved to his big boy room. He had, yep. So it wasn't like he was giving up his space to a new baby either. And we kept that room set, his original room set up as a nursery. So everything looked exactly the same. It wasn't like a big shift in in environment mm. as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that was important uh, to get him into his own room before the baby came. Before, not as it happened, but mm. before. Because I just think that, get again, gave him his own sense of self a mm. bit more by the time Racina arrived. But yeah, he was he was really excited and really looking forward to it. So uh, I guess once Racina did arrive, uh, there was an adjustment period for us. And, and that's what I want to talk about next. So Racina gets born. Oh, magic. Oh, magic. Right? <laughs> like the 10 months of hyperemesis has never happened. And we've got to change everything because our, like, we, like we sort of spoke about towards the start is Alberto was out of nappies. We just got him toilet trained, like fully. Like he was finished. He was good during the day, but he would always need a nappy at night or wake up wanting to wear a nappy to do certain business. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. And but, so we just got him out of that and then we're reintroducing nappies again mm. and reintroducing no sleep, reintroducing all this extra stuff that is a challenge when it comes to parenting just one child versus having two. Mm. For the most part for us, uh, I would say it got easier just purely because you're hyperemesis. We had two people instead of one. Yeah. Also, you took off six weeks in I the did end, take, wasn't it? I did take six weeks. So there was a lot of time. We moved house at the same time. So that was... I packed everything. You though. did. You did nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Okay, he let's did not, the truck. Let's not start there. Uh, this is a parenting podcast, not a moving podcast. Uh, so we had the second Racina brought in. And look, that early newborn phase, I think, is challenging enough without then having, not the burden, but with then having the responsibility of the oldest child. Uh, but that's, oh my gosh, burden. Did you just pick up on me saying that? I, I said didn't that like know where a minute you were ago. going with that. I thought you were going to say the burden of moving and then you're like the oldest child. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so savage. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. It's not a burden. What I mean is that, you know, when you have your, own, your first child and it's a newborn, everything is about that newborn. Whereas you now have not just the newborn to consider. You've got the, the both children. So you've got to try and weigh up, you know, does one parent go to the newborn? Does one parent go to the oldest child? Like what's the balance to make sure that, you know, Alberto doesn't feel left out when you've got to breastfeed all the time, mm. you know? Because like, you missed 10 months of Alberto's life, effectively. Uh, so, again, you don't want to make it feel like you're still you're still not going to be around for him. Sorry, this sounds really harsh. It's not harsh at all because you went through you had a debilitating medical condition. What I mean to say is that we've got to then try and balance everything out to make sure that Alberto feels like we're there for him as well as Rosina. Well, I think we did that. Yeah, I think we did that. How yeah. did what did you were you consciously thinking about it though at the start, or were you no just letting it sort of happen? Yeah, I think that one good thing about it is that I knew that once the HG was over, like I got my life back. So like all I would do is like try and visualize what I was going to do or feel or say or or be when it was over. So I think I really took that and ran with it like as soon as it finished I really feel like I got to be able to do everything and then I I think oh, I don't know shooting my own horn here but I think I balanced it really well you know I was able to do all the newborn stuff breastfeed you know you're the burp king so I just got to hand her over at that point but I was also able to then cuddle Alberto as well read a story and then like go and take a nap if I needed one and then come back refresh and start all over again so I think I didn't lack in things at that point it's like catches up with you I think yeah um after a little while so yeah and then because we've got Racina again similar to Alberto just in a routine of sleep and feed and play all the things in such a regimented more, more strict regimented routine then our yeah, yeah for her because we were home or we knew what we were doing with Alberto and then she sort of had to fit into that to be home at these certain times and then therefore her naps were more at home and less on the go like mm. Alberto had so then anyway uh but it was all so structured that it gave everyone the opportunity to have their time and space as we've gotten further into this, it still feels like you never get to sit by yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like you'll have someone sitting on your lap or next to you or wanting to play, especially now that Racine is able to play on her own. It really feels. Yeah, I think we could, let's skip forward a, a little bit into, I guess, the current 
transitioning from one to two. Because look, the the newborn phase on its own is hard, uh, but having two, it I don't think it added complexity to us. It just meant that we had to kind of not divide and conquer, but more just a case of you know, if Racine needed something urgently, then Alberta needed something urgently. We've got the two of us there to sort of cater for both. So I think you know having both of us at full fitness helped that initial transition for sure. Yeah, I think the other thing that's different with her is that she really is a mama's girl. Yeah. Like Alberto, I think it does come down to like COVID baby situation where we were in isolation for quite a while in those early stages that she didn't get passed around. She didn't get uh, more social time outside with other people. So she became really quite attached to me and Alberto is quite attached to me as well. So it's, he'll often just wait <laughs> until yeah. I've done one thing with her to then come and barrage with whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess that's evident now too. Yeah. Especially now. So to go back to when we spoke about independent play before, you know, you said you could put Alberto with some independent play and it would kind of just take care of himself in the sense that he would play with his trucks, his cars, it'd give you a bit of peace and quiet, just relax and have a bit of breathing space. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about last year, because Alberto wasn't at school last year, it was just at, at uh, kindy a few days a week. On the days both of them were at home, if Racina was trying to have independent play and Alberto was trying to have independent play, I felt like that never really happened consecutively or co- at the same time. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Alberto will be playing by himself and then Racina will perk up and want to do what he's doing. So we'd walk over to him, but he wouldn't want her interjecting. And mm. then that causes a whole kerfuffle. You don't have a second child. That doesn't happen. Right. So, do you so for us, it's like we can never really get that sort of, I guess, moment to just relax because we've always either got to stop a dispute or we have to entertain the second child while the first child is trying to play by themselves. Yeah, I do think that it's not all the time when they're playing that that happens. Mm. Like quite often they'll play individually and it's totally fine. But there are things, you know, Racine has a little pram mm. and most of the time I'd better couldn't care less. And then there'll be like one day that he's like, I want the pram, I'm playing with it. And then, yeah, it's, it's challenging. He takes it and runs around with it and then Racina wants it. Mm. And then he like grips onto it. Yeah, kids. Kids. <laughs> kids. Kids. Teaching them to share, even when they don't understand the concept of it, like babies, teaching a baby to share is really important. And I think it does help as they grow up. Uh, and because maybe because they're two different, have two different interests. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't clash as much. Mm. I don't know. But I've noticed when Racina's home by herself, uh, she is either super okay with independent play or she's really clingy to you. Mm, Especially lately because she got sick as well. It was mm. her first and then then me. But that's the the thing, right? Is there's no... Because we're not sending her to kindy or or pre... uh, uh, 
daycare yet, there's no, no let up until she starts school, pretty mm. much. We're now have, what is it? Alberto was five years and then Christina two and a half years after that, three and a half years after that. So probably eight and a half years of just consecutive child rearing. Rearing uh, rearing's like disciplining child. Is it? Yeah. I thought child rearing is like encouragement. Like, <laughs> yes, like, encouragement through uh, aggression. Is and it really? I'm pretty sure it's through discipline. You'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'm going to look that up right now, actually. Oh. I'm right? It's just, no, no, neither of us are right. Oh. It's just the process of bringing up a child. That's what I said. You said encouraging. Well. And I said disciplining, whereas it's somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Um, it's, just the pro- it's just the literal process of, of raising children. So, yes, that's eight and a half years of just child rearing straight. Mm. Whereas, again, if we just had Alberto, we'd be, he's at school now. <laughs> so it would have Kick been. Kick our shoes off it, and relax. Yeah, right. But I think to really hone in on the absolute positives that this has brought to our family is their relationship is incredible. Mm. So whilst it is a little bit more of a challenge for us to adapt our lifestyle. So I think we spoke about at the start how we kind of brought and fit Alberto into what we were doing as a couple. Mm. But with two, that kind of shifts a little bit more. You can mm. bring Racina into it. However, she might not respond in the same way Alberto did. Mm. And like the perfect example is Alberto would sleep in the pram, Racina doesn't. Yeah. So that already is a shift in what we have to do or can mm. do. Right. Alberto's at school. We've had to completely shift Racina's naps. Yeah, so, so we can do pick up. So we can do pick up for school. So that has already changed that dynamic for her. Mm-hmm. So the transition from one to two is a challenging one. Uh, but if you get it right, and I think a part of our success with how we've done it is the age gap between them. Can't believe we haven't even brought that up yet. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. Having an age gap for us as the people we are it has been the most helpful thing. I could not imagine having, you know, two babies. You know how people have, what do they, they call it sort of Irish twins where they're almost like 12 months apart, 15 oh. months apart. I just think, wow, those, those parents are well, my parents, my, fighting battles. My brother and I are 15 <laughs> months hard. apart. Mm. And that would just be like, let alone having two at that, in that time frame, but being pregnant with one when they're not like, how old would I have been? Like, Nine months six old? Months. Six months old. Mm. I would have been six months old when my mum got pregnant with my brother. So imagine being pregnant and then having to look after me. So many people do it. <sighs> and our hats go off to you because that feels really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. So for us, having that age gap of three and a half years has played in our favor. Most of the time when that happens, when children are born a lot closer together it's because people have that intention like they go in thinking i want two i want them close together blah 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 i want more than two whatever the the number is but i think for us once we had one we were like oh this is fine for us one's fine for the longest time a lot of people don't change their Mm. mind right yeah Mm. they don't so that was i think that worked for us big time so if you are on the fence and you're not sure about whether it'll work for you to have two, and you're kind of at that one or two year age gap right now. If we if we will give advice, it would be to let the age gap sort of stretch, but not too long. You still want them to have that nice relationship where they're close enough in age to do things and play together. 
but uh, it just helps as parents get get it right. Mm. Key question is, are we done? <laughs> well, it's been a debating topic in the past few weeks in this household. Uh, I'm done. I said to someone the other day, we're 99% sure we're done, but we got to leave that 1%, you yeah. know, just in case we, we aren't. Like, I, I would really love more children. I feel like they're such a blessing. And I have had the procedure to stop it. Yeah. Which you keep reminding me is reversible. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't kill them. They're just not accessible, right? <laughs> yeah. So you it's just like, find another way to get them. It's like you just blocked the highway mm. and... You can still get to the village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just got to go there by plane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. An extraction team. Uh, okay. So that's what it's like going from one to two, I guess, the whole journey for us and what it's been like. See, I, and, and here's the thing, like, we know so many people that are so opinionated, like, mm. oh, one's perfect, that's it, no, no, no need for more. Then other people that say, oh, two, it was always going to be two, it has to be two. And we're just like, one or two is, is great. Mm. You know, having one, there's so many benefits, and then having two, there's so many benefits, and neither is better than the other. But having three, well, well what are the benefits? Well, right? yeah. <laughs> Let's figure that out. Let's figure that out and then take too long to decide. So uh, that wraps up the formal part of the episode, but I've got a little surprise segment for you. Okay. So uh, that'll be there on the other side of this. So you have no idea what's about to happen. No, I'm uh, curious. I like your reaction to things, so I figure this will be a nice, fun <laughs> segment to do. Uh, we've done ChatGPT in the past. Uh, this this time, I've pulled up a couple of viral kids parenting news articles. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, okay. There's this one from well, the, the both of them are from the same website called Kidspot. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I yeah, I've seen headlines from it but not uh really. sort of read into it mm. okay so first article oh, it's a doozy uh the headline is i didn't know what we did to our son was bad until cops knocked at our door oh okay. <laughs> never a good sign <laughs> when cops are at your door and then the f- the first line the first line he was playfully wrapped in cling wrap he looked like a little cucumber I'm not going to read the the parents' names. This mum tearfully explains in a video about the enormous backlash to her prank. What? Mm. Our son has been taken from us until Child Protective <gasps> Services can evaluate our home because I posted a video of my husband and son playing. Wait, okay. Is this their first offense and the child was taken from them? That sounds strange, but anyway. I'll keep reading. Uh, that's how the influencer begins her most recent video, addressing backlash she's faced in the past 48 hours. She said he was laughing and smiling, and it was just a funny thing. Uh, okay. But the disturbing footage talking about it attracted concerns of millions. Millions? Uh, wow. I'll show you the picture. So that's the picture. Okay. So for you audio listeners, I'm describing the picture. It's basically... A child that looks about maybe two. 
mm-hmm. completely wrapped in cling wrap. Not completely. It's well, not over his head or face or neck. From neck, from shoulders down to his knees, knees, arms locked in. Yeah, arms are tightly wrapped, wrapped, wrapped in, in yeah. cling wrap. It looks a bit like your luggage in the airport that gets yeah. wrapped. Like yeah, it's tight just, it's, to stop drugs from getting in there. It's not loose or like there's no movement. Yeah. So the article of look. She's apparently made her account private, a TikTok account, because she's been getting abused. Mm. Uh, because people uh, have been saying that uh, this feels like abuse. Um, the husband is pushing around the toddler on the bed. The boy who looks around two is tightly wrapped in cling, cling wrap. Uh, completely immobile with his arms strapped to his side. Um, apparently a, com- appears completely terrified as he topples over onto his back, according to the video. Oh, that's sad. Oh, I wonder what And then, oh, this it. is probably the kicker, I think, that maybe made it worse, is that the mum is heard in the background, if you have a grumpy toddler all day, this is the only way. <gasps> yeah. In jo- a joking voice? Or? I don't know. Mm, that's, yeah, I would not do that if that were me. Uh, <laughs> I would not wrap children in cling So the but- article continues, the gunner is, I think the child's name is gunner. Like G U N N E R. Right. Uh, is seen in the background being shoved onto the bed by her husband. The husband said, He's a worm, as the boy is lying on the bed, letting out a small groan as if he's in pain. Oh. And the okay. person who stitched the video together on TikTok uh, has commented saying, I don't see what's funny here. I don't understand how putting a toddler in an uncomfortable position is funny and then posting it for views. Not only did you not just do this for your own entertainment, you thought this was going to be everybody's entertainment. This is why I don't like family channels because they will go to any length for views. Oof. So she's okay. put up an apology video, a video mm. um, saying she's made the biggest mista- mistake in posting the video. Whereas I'm not sure posting it is the mistake. Like she said that uh, he was laughing and smiling and was out of the plastic in under five minutes. Oh, five minutes is a long five time. Five minutes is a long time to be <laughs> completely wrapped in plastic. <laughs> yeah. Because like, that stuff's hot. You can get really hot in cling wrap. Like it holds yeah. in heat. That's why you put cling wrap in the microwave. Yeah. I I don't know how I feel about that. That's obviously not something I would do, not something I would find funny. Mm. And the fact that the kid got taken, what do you make of that? I think it's extreme if it's a first offense. Mm. If they're already on the radar for doing other things that are not great parenting uh, examples, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that's more traumatizing for the child because in, in a lot of ways they will probably think, well, what did I do wrong? Especially like if, if you give them the benefit of the doubt in the situation and say, oh, the child was thinking it's funny as we were wrapping him in it and being like, I am a worm because, you know, kids are silly. And then they get in trouble for it. And he's sort of like, but I wanted to be a worm, you know? Mm. Well, apparently the kid is at home. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so good. that's something. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't get some people's brains, you know, to think that that would be a good idea. Perhaps a blanket, you know, or mm. like a towel, because you can kind of shimmy out of that if you were starting to be distressed. But yeah, cling wraps. Um, it's a it's a it's an extreme one. Yeah, an extreme one. Like I, like I just judging off Alberto's reaction to like when we put a towel over him. Like you were saying, he, he, we don't fr- wrap him in a towel. No, 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 no. Like if we put his towel on him to dry him in the shower, 
he gets fed up with that after like a second, 10 seconds. Yeah, but he does like being wrapped in the towel, mm. you know, and like tucking it in, but he can break free yeah. in an instant. Yeah. It's it's a different thing because it's giving them it's it's giving them the ability to take over the the joke. Yeah. Whereas cling wrap doesn't do that. It's No. <laughs> it's a bit scary. Okay. Second one, second article and last article for for this segment. The headline I made a little girl cry on a flight and have no regrets about it. Okay. I have a feeling I think I know where you'll lie on this issue, but Mm. uh, we'll go into it. So, first line. Her dad said, she's a child, but my dad told me to stand my ground. The woman wrote in a viral post and asked, would you have done the same? So, a woman found out that the window seat she booked on a long-haul flight was taken by another child. You can imagine that she was conflicted. Should she, should she A, do nothing, it's a child after all, or B, claim what she paid for, which is rightfully hers? Did she? Do you have to pay money to sit in a window seat? Usually when you book your seats, you don't, have, you don't pay. I think only exit row, at least from what That's my what experience. But she did go in and select her seat. So she's obviously paid for a flight and is able to select her seat. Depending on the airline, some airlines only allow that for silver members or gold members mm-hmm. or platinum. So potentially she is one of those and was able to, whereas the, the child and the dad maybe wasn't. So they just sat where they wanted. Right. I don't think it's appropriate, in my opinion, to just sit wherever, like if you're not in your allocated seat, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, uh, so first of all, uh, what would you do if you were the woman that booked the seat? I don't know. I don't know. I being a parent, I would just let the kids sit there. Yeah. As long as I wasn't in a middle seat. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be fine with the window or the aisle. I don't think it would really bother me or I would suggest whilst we do take off. Yeah. She can sit there and then are we able to swap because I need to have an I need to sleep before my destination or whatever the the desire to sit there is. I that would be my two options is let her sit there or come up with a compromise, not just no. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're a parenting podcast. So let's look at it from the dad's point of view. Mm-hmm. What would your reaction be if you were him? Like, oh, you know what? Let I me would, read on. I, I guess I would just say, okay, and move away. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me read on and I'll tell you um, what happened. Uh, so initially this person took option A and just sucked it up, did nothing. She, the one that wanted the seat. Correct. Yeah. Right. Um, and the ghost. How did the little girl end up in tears? Uh, I'm traveling internationally today. It's an eight, and I, eight to nine hour flight. I'm traveling alone. Difficult to leave her family and she'd been emotional. I had a window seat booked for my, for my flight and I was looking forward to it. When I got there, a child was sitting in my seat and her dad was in the middle seat. I looked at the dad and pointed at the window seat saying that it was my seat, expecting him to move his daughter. Much to her surprise, the dad did nothing. Instead, he just pointed to the aisle seat that was free, gesturing that she should take it instead. Okay. Hmm. No, I, yeah, I think that's rude. Yeah. He looked at me and said, she's a child. Not wanting to make a scene, she took the aisle seat, but messaged her family to tell them what was happening. That's a bit crazy. <laughs> just to go Just str- ask a flight attendant. Yeah. Her dad then called her. Whoa, wow, this is, this is getting intense. Like she messaged her family and then her dad called her and said that she needed to ask for a seat back because he paid for it and it wasn't a free seat. Okay. 
So it was paid for. Okay. She built up the confidence and uh, to ask the girl's father to move, which he did. The little girl didn't take it well. She started crying and I felt terrible, but my dad told me to hold my ground. The girl moved into the middle seat, but the issue didn't stop there. The woman had to cop a few snide remarks from the father throughout the flight, who was annoyed she made his daughter move. Am I in the wrong for insisting on sitting in my seat? No, I don't think you're in the wrong. Okay, here's my take on it. There's a couple of ways I'd like to look at it. One, if I was the person, mm-hmm. I would 100... If I was the person who booked the window seat, I would 100% be like, oh, that's okay, it's a child, let the child have fun. Or I'd go with your approach potentially as well, which is maybe they can have a takeoff and then we'll swap halfway through or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if I was the dad, I would 100% be doing the right thing, which is making the daughter move. Mm. And, but then rather than it being... a a thing where I'm rude to the person who made who made the daughter move. Again, it wasn't your seat, so you putting them there in the first place is incorrect, mm. right? To make sure principles are taught and the right thing to do is taught, you just manage the child's emotions. You wouldn't be going and making snide remarks to the woman who's in the window seat, right? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes as a parent, you've got to do what you've got to do, right? Mm. Because if you've got to blame someone else for something to de-escalate, Perhaps it's what you do. Like sometimes, I know this is awful, but I would say, oh, the shop's closed. Like there's no lollies in the shop. You can't, Mm. like it's closed, even if it's not closed. And, you know, yeah, you're passing the buck, putting the blame onto something. Whereas you could just be like, nope, you're not having one and re-escalate that, you know, astronomical (laughs) amount of (laughs) tantrum. So I get in some ways, like as a parent, you do choose sometimes to take the, take the path of least resistance. Yeah. And just, and, and then I think as well, being the person that's, you are feeling guilty, already feeling like, oh, I'm such a bad person for making the move or she's crying and it's all my fault. These snide comments as well, maybe that you're taking them on as something when you should just not care yeah. what he's saying. Does that make sense? I feel like everyone <laughs> in the situation that that was could just not care. Exactly. It's, I think it's that simple. At the end and of the day. showing your child, allowing them to have to adapt to different mm. scenarios, I think that's a good lesson for them. So I don't think that, you know, if, they, if you were encouraging them to use their big girl voice and ask to sit in the chair and then they were told no. I don't think you should be like, oh, mm. because it, it's a lesson for children that even when you are courageous and you ask and you want something, you don't always get it. I think as well, just so, judging off the information that we have from the article, it's also a case of you as a parent don't want to display the wrong behavior yourself. Like you don't want to showcase to your child that if you just kick up a fuss and get angry and start abusing people. Not that I'm saying that he was doing that, but making side remarks potentially might've been that that behavior could display to the child that every time you don't get your own way, this is how you respond. Mm. This is the behavior to react with, to, to put the blame on someone else, to say that it's not your fault and we can make a complaint and we can get this reversed. Like you did the wrong thing in the first place. Mm. So you need to own that. And show responsibility. Yeah. And that is the behavior you should be modeling. 
Yeah, it's it's really tough because you never know what's going on mm. in their heads. And like that dad could have just been so tired. Yeah, like, that's true as well. Like what if this is a connecting flight and he's already been on another mm. flight and it was really hard and really challenging and he was like, just give me a break. Give me a mm. win, you know, and didn't want to have this whole thing happen. And then also like for me, I guess I would have... If the child was in the middle seat and she was crying and whatever, I would have said, oh, come and have a look out the window. Mm. Like I still maybe would have sat in my seat, but I wouldn't just ignore it. Mm. I, you know, I'd try and help de-escalate the situation. So it's, it's hard. It's just who you are, right? That's who you it. are as a person. That's it. You can't all be moments. the same. You can't all be the same person. So I guess no. that's the beauty of the world. And I wouldn't post it online. Yes. <laughs> Afterwards. True. I think that's a yeah. thing that's, both of these things were avoidable if they just didn't put them online. Yeah. Like, like yes, I'm w- fully aware this is a podcast that we're putting online, but by the same token, we're just chatting about parenting. This person is putting and shaming people and yeah. like trying to generate controversy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. And trying to generate someone to agree with them. Yeah. I don't think we necessarily agree. A care of. Yeah. Or people, care. Or care. Yeah. yeah people agree or not. It's, we're just having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just having a good time. Uh, that, well, that's it for this week. Okay. Yeah. That well, was, that was uh, easy. They weren't, I thought it was going to be like. Okay. Well, next time I'll bring you some more. Or maybe you can bring <laughs> me some and we'll see how I react. See how level-headed you see are. See how level-headed I am with some <laughs> of the ones you bring to me. Well, look, that's it. Thank you very much. Nice to have a full compliment again of hosts. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Back at it. Back at it in the swing of things. So have a nice week and we'll see you again next see you next week. See you next week.